our kids are so addicted to these screens. We're adults are addicted to screens. Our kids are so addicted. They're missing out on opportunities in life to go find out who they are. Mm -hmm. Exploring their likes, their dislikes, their hobbies. They may play one sport, but do they want to go play another one? Mm -hmm. yeah, they're, they're on these phones to the point where they're camping on couches and in dark basements with Skittles and Mountain Dew, and they, they're losing track of time. And before you know it, it's been hours and they've done nothing of value. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Kayla Potter and Life Unlimited Coaching. One of the best things that you can do for your personal well-being and your business, believe it or not, is getting your health and fitness on the right track. Kayla helps you do that by ditching the yo-yo dieting, getting the results you want, eating the foods you love, and living life on your own terms. In fact, she's even given our listeners today a free meal prep hack guide. You can check out that link in the description of this podcast. You can also check out all of her other coaching at lifeunlimitedpro.com. So go check out Kayla and get your life on track. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by S Ranker Marketing because in a world where SEO can feel so overwhelming, you need an effortless way to attract more customers. You need it to be budget friendly and you need clear reporting. That's all that S Ranker Marketing does for you. In fact, they can do it in as little as three months. So head over to sranker.com, check out my homies over there, get involved with their program, especially if you're a local business. Remember the best way to support this podcast is by supporting our sponsors. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right, Nate, we're rolling boss. Thank you so much for being here for round two. Dalton J round two <laughs> crushed it last and it didn't work, so here. I know, I know, I know, and then I. But you know what? I got a cool piece of content out of it because I made a I made a LinkedIn post that was like, uh, because everybody posts kind of their wins, and so I wanted to post a, a loss. Well, I was like, I interviewed. We had an amazing interview. It was super awesome, and my mic was off the whole time. <laughs> you got to be kidding. Oh well, I remember it. I heard you. Yes, that was right, dude. And it was a lot of fun. But you know, the first question that I asked you that I still would love for you to answer. Um, and you kind of do it quite a bit on, on LinkedIn, but this is just a fun, it, it was a really cool one to kick it off. And that was um, the context around, you know, why you're so, you know, why you're such a big advocate for single parents, especially single mothers. Like we were just talking about Jipe on your shirt. Shout out to Brenda. Uh, I for a while. Jipe. That's right. Um, but yeah, give us the context we need to, to know, to understand like why that's such a big deal for you. Yeah. I, uh, I grew up in a single parent home. So my dad, my biological dad quit when he was, when I was five, his choice didn't, didn't pay child support, didn't show up. So my parents split and my mom had nothing. She had uh, myself and my little sister. And so for the time I was five to almost eight, she was working a couple of jobs, doing whatever it took to take care of us. And then she got remarried to the most amazing, most amazing gent, my, my second dad, my real dad. And two years into their marriage, they were building a home together and she got in a tragic car accident and passed away immediately. And so by the time I was nine, I'd lost both my biological parents, first my dad from his choices and, and my mom from this car accident that was out of her control. And I was left with, with my second dad who raised me. So 
I've never really been in a home with, with two parents. It's, it's always been single parent for me. And so I have this, uh, very soft spart in my, did I just say spart? <laughs> soft, very soft spot in my heart for single parents. I am, I know, I, I know what goes on in those homes and how hard it is juggling schedules and sometimes multiple jobs. And so I do whatever I can to help that community, those moms and dads, because I know they need it. Yeah. And I love the fact that obviously for, I mean, if, if somebody's listening and they don't know, CEO of Gab, been around the block a long time with, you know, leadership you have and, and marketing. Um, and what I love about the way that you post and, and Gab and, and kind of the culture that you've given us of Gab um, is, is that right? Like is the support those, you know, underrepresented communities like the single parents and stuff like that. And I, I think it's just amazing. I want to ask you this uh, from, you know, a personal perspective, because I, I wanted to ask you this last time, but didn't get the chance. And that was how did how did growing up in that scenario, you know, never really having two parents in the house, how has that shaped your current parenting style? Like, how has how it, ha, have you had to learn anything new? Have you had to like uh, adjust or anything like that? Like, what's that been like? Well, I'll tell you unintentionally, people would introduce me, not, not my family, but people would introduce me, teachers, neighbors, and they would say, this is the little boy who lost both of his parents. That's how they'd introduce me. Whoa. And the reason they would do it is to try to build em empathy for me. Like, Hey, this is the one that we kind of need to watch out for and take care of. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, okay, that's. That, that's who they think they am is I, I'm the kid who lost both of my parents. And so I would walk into my friend's homes and I would see for the most part that my buddies had a mom and a dad. And I grew up feeling like, well, why am I the only one out of all these people that I know that I don't have my mom and dad? How, how can that happen to me? How come it hasn't happened to anybody else? And trans, translating that to being a parent now I have never wanted my kids to feel like anything was more important than that. Because when I got introduced like that, and when I felt like that so much as a kid, I want my kids to struggle. I want them to go through trials. But if something matters to them, I'm going to be there every time. I mean, this last week of school, it's been crazy. And I've done everything I could to not miss a dance festival or an award ceremony or whatever they've had going. Because I want them to say my dad was there. He cared. So it's, it's definitely made me much more aware of being president showing up. Mm, I like that. That was kind of my experience. I, I grew up in a, I, I grew up with two parents, but just like when you, when you kind of mesh those two worlds of like, I, I didn't really, like I grew up Polynesian and my wife didn't, and there's a huge cultural difference there, you know what I mean? And so it's just always interesting, like learning, uh, you know, a, a different style um, and just kind of like having to mesh those. But I do remember us talking about that and, and how uh, you wanted, that was one of your non-negotiables. It is my non-negotiable. I've told our board, I've told my team, if it matters to my kids, I won't miss it. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'll go into the office at 1030 in the morning and stay till 10 at night just to be there for something in the morning or a game they have. It's just, 
it goes by so fast. And I don't want to be the dad that looks back and says work was more important or I missed out because I didn't prioritize it the right way. So yeah. I don't miss my kids stuff, period. Right. And I love that because it was also an interesting to hear how that was. Tell us um, how that, I mean, how that conversation goes with a board or with your team. Like um, now it's probably easier, but in the beginning, was it was it, uh, you know, scary for you to have that conversation maybe as like a new CEO or as like a new leader, just being like, hey, uh, I know you just gave me this awesome job and I'm grateful, but I don't do this. You know what I mean? Yeah, scary at, at times. And I've also learned that if you if you're timid or apologetic, you get crushed. So I just don't there, there are certain things where I just don't ask if you want me to be the CEO or if you want me to lead or you want me a part of something. Here's what matters to me. And I'm sure there are things that matter to you as individuals and you as a board. Mm -hmm. I'll do whatever I need to, to, to meet and exceed those. I hope, but I'm not going to give up time with my kids because we call a last second board meeting. I mean, we had a, we had a board meeting start on my son's junior high uh, basketball season. Our board can call a board meeting in 24 hours. If there's something that we need to approve, well, they called a board meeting in 24 hours. My son's game was the next day at 2.30, and I just responded and said, I'm not missing my kids' first junior high game. It's not. Yeah. So they had to reset it and push it out 24 more hours. But if you establish it up front, that, and it's a non-negotiable, then I don't have to really argue or take a strong stand. It's just a matter of fact. I've shared, sure. you know, listen to my kids' stuff. I'm not listening to my kids' stuff. Here we are. And I'm not listening to my kids' stuff, so we're good. Yeah, well, and you know what's cool about that? And maybe I'll get your thoughts on this, but it, it seems like whenever you do that, it, it gives a new perspective on on the the idea that things just figure things just work themselves out. Like, you know, it is twenty four hours like a big deal, like maybe in some cases, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But for the most part, like there's nothing real fire fiery in twenty four hours that we can't work around. Part of that too comes from with what I shared growing up, mm -hmm. the things that mattered to me, my real dad wasn't there. And my mom, I felt like for a long time as a kid, my mom got taken from me. I have a better understanding of the, the grander scheme of things now, but I, I would go into football games and basketball games and baseball games and award ceremonies or whatever prom. My parents weren't that my, my second dad was there, but my biological parents weren't there for anything that mattered. And, and I always had that missing feeling of, I can't believe they're not here. Mm -hmm. So I don't want my kid anywhere at any point saying, I can't believe my dad's not here. I can't believe he didn't show up. I can't believe he prioritized something else over me. Yeah. Which is, which is a beautiful stance to take. How does that translate into the culture that you're building at Gab or that you, you build in teams in general? I want to be a people first leader. That that's a, a term and a feeling that I keep in my my mind. Businesses always have to make certain decisions, but we have decided that we're always going to do whatever it takes to put our employees first. You look at the last year when so many tech companies and big tech companies were laying off thousands, we haven't had one layoff yet. Now that doesn't guarantee that we won't in the future, because yeah. Can't I can't control the future. We made some really tough decisions last fall and this spring 
to cut other things in our business, to even scale back our growth to protect our people. Yeah. Because when you have a safe tech company for kids that believes in safe experiences for parents and families and kids, I don't believe you should be walking parents into conference rooms with cardboard boxes and saying, hey, thanks for your effort to help us build Gab, but we're going to lay you off today because we couldn't, we couldn't prioritize other things to cut or we, we didn't manage the budget correctly. And so today's your day. Yeah. So we've, we've prioritized our people and so far it's, it's paid off. It's, it's gone really well. And we've got a culture that is connected, healthy, thriving. We all trust one another. It's, it's a really good place to be. I'm really grateful that I have the chance to work for everybody at Gap. It's been really good. Yeah. Tell us about how that affects. I mean, I know you kind of mentioned a few of these things as far as, uh, you know, just building that culture. But I'm always interested to hear these these takes because if you're if you're willing to take those big risks to do whatever you can to prioritize people for as much as you can, uh, certainly that translates into maybe uh, po- some positive things. And this is kind of what I've always heard and learned is like when you take care of the people, like everything else grows, right? Everything else gets put into place. Um, was that your experience? Are you still working on it or, or how are you feeling? It, it's happened because of the leadership team that we have. Mm-hmm. So you can't say you're going to be a people first organization and then only have half of your leadership team support it. But the group that, you know, I think people often say, well, these are the individuals that are my direct reports. These are the people that report to me but I have a leadership team that I feel like I report to them and I work for them. And the group that I work for, they're incredible. And when we sat down late last summer and said, can we commit to holding hands and whatever it takes to not lay people off to get to profitability? Let's, let's work to get there. Let's do it together. Can we do it? And there wasn't one person in the room who said no. And so then every time a, a tough, decision had to be made in a staff meeting, we could look at each other and say, well, people first, we're not going to let our mm-hmm. people go. We're going to do whatever it takes to keep them. So what are we going to cut? Where are we going to make some adjustments? Yeah. So it really comes down to, do you, the, the CEO or the founder can do all the talking, but if you don't have a team that's willing to support that plan, it doesn't matter. So we, the, the leadership team at Gab is filled with some of the finest individuals I've ever associated with. They're as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. That, that's a big reason why we've, we've been able to do it. I like that. And what, and what was the, you know, I, I want to talk about Gab. That's been kind of a, you know, that whole idea of like safe tech for kids and things like that. It's been a pretty big hotspot. Like, I, you know, um, who was it? Was it Montana or Wyoming? Just uh, banned TikTok for everybody in the state. You know, cell phones are are being crazy. I just I, I had a few people on my podcast who are you know are really concerned about youth. Um, tell us about how Gab. I mean, how Gab is solving that problem, and and maybe like what ways that you are trying to solve it, and and you know how it's gone. I guess. Yeah. So the first thing to understand is we believe in tech. I have a lot of people come up to me and say, how can you be yeah. anti-tech? How can you be anti-fall <laughs> part of life? Like you're misunderstanding what we're trying to do. Yeah. We, we are a proponent of tech. Tech has done amazing things. It's expanded education and learning. There's so many benefits of tech. 
But what's not working is giving our kids too much tech too soon. Mm-hmm. We have parents who a 10-year-old developing kid physically, mentally, spiritually, they're trying to figure out who they are. It's already hard enough. And then as parents, we take these smartphones that were never intended for our kids. They were never built for our kids. That's Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy. They're for adults and adults can't even manage them. But then we as adults, we take the parental controls. We sit down one time at the kitchen table. We tell ourselves as parents, I'm going to put the parental, I'm going to lock this thing down. So we put the parental controls on and then we hand them to our kid. And when do we ever take the time? Nine out of 10 parents do not take the time to go back to the phone three weeks later to see if those same parental controls are on. Well, our kids came out of the womb digital savvy. I mean, they're out of us. And so they know how they know the best kids. I have parents say, I'm so shocked. My kid has a 4.0 and they're on the dance team. I'm like, that doesn't matter. You've read it. Right. That's how to get around the parental controls. And when they do, they're getting into places that you're not aware of. And that's when they get in trouble. Yeah. So we make safe tech for kids with phones and watches, no internet, no social media. There's plenty of other things on the phone. Um, spiritual apps, education apps, maps, some games. Yeah. We don't give this gateway for kids to get onto social media with parents who say, well, I'll just monitor my kids' social media. Your kid's not with you every day all day. Right, right. Parents are blown away when their kids are drowning at the deep end of the tech pool and they're pulling them out and saying, my, my kid's drowning. What am, I, what am I supposed to do now? Like, mom, dad. You gave him a device 14 months ago, you went to sleep, and now you're waking up? Right, right, dude. Half of a tech plan. You got to be engaged. So yeah. Gab is a company for kids and teens. Yeah. And we in tech, but our kids, the Surgeon General just came out two days ago. Social media is worse than cigarettes for our kids. I saw that. I saw them put a phone thing in like a cigarette-like carton. We <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. Yes. I was like, man, where did I see that? Yeah, I just saw that. And I was like, dang, dude. Yeah. I was like, dude, that was crazy. You'd never sit at a kitchen table right now and give your kids cigarettes. We all know what cigarettes do. Right, right, right. Even the secondhand smoke of cigarette, we're all concerned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, I mean, and, and when you think about it, it's public health and public safety is like, that's whether you're conservative or liberal or, or whatever, like government, that's part of the government's job is like public health. Like, and when you, and when you have this problem with teens and kids, and I like how you put it, right? Like we want to like, I think you, you're just slowly introducing them because there is a maturity level that needs to come with a, a, an iPhone. Like, yes. I mean, like you yeah. said, steps. Yeah. We're all there for our kids' first steps. We all celebrate the first, oh, I took, yeah. Jump, took his first step. Now I took his second step. Yeah. You know, with tech, we we push them and we want them to run and they're not ready. They got to take steps into tech. Yeah. How do you balance? Now, this is a conversation that, that would be fun to have, especially with you. But how do you balance this, uh, the, you know, kind of the parents role in, in this of saying like, look, at the end of the day, like you guys have got to, like, we've got to change our parenting styles. We've got to understand the risk. And then on the flip side of like the public health uh, concern, which is like, Look, we, I don't know if we have time to wait for parents to, to do the right thing. Like we need yeah. to do it, you know? We, we don't. And here, this will, this will probably be a little controversial. 
there there are these big tech companies that have built these apps, especially these social media experiences with chat rooms where our kids are getting groomed. I won't name the company, but it'll be obvious. Yeah. There's a company that is so, so obsessed with making sure that they are the blue bubble, that there are kids committing suicide, committing suicide, not just yeah. having a bad day, committing suicide because they get kicked out of a group chat with their friends because they're not a blue bubble. And their friends say, we don't want you in because when you come in, the bubble turns green and we can't share pictures and we can't share a different thing. We can't share memes. You mess it up. You're not in our friend group anymore. Go get a $600 to $1,100 iPhone and come back and be in our group where you're out. Yeah. These kids feeling so awesome. What kind of company intentionally can we please partner together? And under the age of 13, can we do away with can we figure out a way to do away with these colored bubbles? Yeah. A texting conversation under a certain age, not adults. You want to do green bubble, blue bubble. Cool. Yeah. Kids are getting crushed because we're creating the separation of you're either in the blue bubble or you're out. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. That's wild. And holding on to it and they won't budge. And when they find out, well, kids are getting bullied and ostracized and kicked out of their friend groups because of this blue-green bubble thing. Yeah. And the response says, well, then give them a phone that has a blue bubble. Dude, that's unbelievable. <laughs> it's to come from, from, from lower-income homes. They can't afford an iPhone. So they immediately go to school ostracized because they got this inexpensive phone or another device their parents have given them. And they walk in scared to death, knowing they're not a blue bubble. School is hard enough. Life is hard enough, you know, without, you know, whether you're a, a blue bubble. I get super passionate about it. So, yeah, no, I mean, you, as you should, right? Like, this is something, no, <laughs> no, but you should get, you should. And, and I do too. I was a crisis counselor for a, for a suicide hotline. And some of the stuff, like what you're saying, like, I definitely ha have heard that, right? Where it's just like, you know, like, what are we doing? And, at what, and, and not only that, but like, at what cost, like, at what point do we just, you know, when we've gotten to this point, you know, and this is also kind of controversial that I have, it's like this crony capitalism kind of thing where we just, nothing else matters except for up and to the right. You know what I mean? And at like, at what point do we stop and like, you know, have like this corporate governance that's like, no, we need to like take care of some people and we might, it might hurt for a little bit, but it doesn't matter. Um, and, and it just, it fires me up too, because like then we've gotten into this idea of like resilience and I, and let me hear your thoughts on this. Like we've, we've gotten into this like culture with our, with our children, at least, at least, you know, from what I can see and, and your story kind of highlighted that of like this lack of resilience, this lack of like, okay, well, I can't do this. So I need, you know what I mean? Like I need to figure out or whatever. And, and I'd love to hear your thoughts just on like building resilience with, with kids. And like, because now, you know, we've gotten to this point of lack of resilience that we're at this other point where it's like, well, if it'll just make them happy, then we'll just let them do it. So we've kind of like missed the boat on both ends. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's our kids are the best salespeople in the world. That's, That's true. true. <laughs> Parents, 
parents will hold on for one to three rounds. No, I'm sorry, you're you're not getting a smartphone right now. But by the third or fourth time, they're so tired of the nagging. Fine. I'll give you my old smartphone. You take it. I'll get a new one. Or I already got a new one. There's one sitting in the drawer. And then they fire it up. And before you know it, their their kids are in trouble. Yeah. So our kids have become these um, these unbelievable salesmen. They're they're unbelievable with the pitch. My daughter was even selling me a couple of days ago of, well, I'm going to Blue High and I'm going to be left out. I'm like. You have a pack of girls at our house. Every, you're not going to be left out. You're already in. Just yeah. don't make it about a phone. Make it about relationships and, and having experiences together. Yeah. The other problem, uh, to your point of resiliency, our kids are so addicted to these screens. We're Adults are addicted to screens. Our kids are so addicted, they're missing out on opportunities in life to go find out who they are. Mm-hmm exploring their likes, their dislikes, their hobbies. They may play one sport, but do they want to go play another one? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're on these phones to the point where they're camping on couches and in dark basements with Skittles and Mountain Dew, and they, they're losing track of time. And before you know it, it's been hours, and they've done nothing of value. Mm-hmm. The resiliency of going and finding yourself and, and working through challenges is now sucked into the screen time. And everything that, every emotion they have, good, bad, or indifferent, gets poured into that. And there's just no way that's healthy for our kids. No. It will, and, and, and it's not, like, and it's proven that it's not, right? And, and my whole thing with this, this whole tech conversation, especially like the smartphone, social media thing, is like, I heard it put one time, the, you know, these social media companies, you know, because you mentioned it earlier, you've, you're, you're going however long and the and the parents are monitoring it there's a corporate entity that has their own agenda and their own books that are they're having a they're essentially having a private conversation with your kid and you have no clue what's what's being said or how it's being said and like you would never let that happen like i would never let that happen with one of my kids if like somebody came you know what i mean hey can i have a conversation with your daughter privately and you don't need to know what, what it is I, dude, I would freak out, but we're letting our kids do that with social media every day. I mean, think about if you want, when you go to the mall with your kids. Yeah. If you went into a store and came out and you, any one of your kids was sitting there talking to an adult stranger, your first reaction would be, well, who is this? And I got to protect yeah. my kid. Yeah. I, there'd be a flying kick coming. <laughs> you never would immediately say, who is this? What are you talking to my kid about? Yeah. But then we hand these phones and these kids end up in these chat rooms. I, I get too passionate about it. I, I gotta, I gotta find a chill button. So when I'm on these things, I don't go <laughs> too far down all, but I'm in this every yeah. day. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Okay. The parents who are saying, well, I didn't think it would be my kid. And then they find out that their, their kid is in one of these games as a chat room. And there's a adult male or female posing as a 13 year old kid. And what we've learned with these predators, they're not trying to get your kid tomorrow. They're patient. They've got tiers of kids they're working on. Yes, that's even scarier than... Yeah, they're willing to stock and groom your kid for six months. And then what they say to your kid is, hey, I remember you told me you go to a dance academy, right? Where's that dance academy? Well, there's a gas station right behind that dance academy. You should leave dance five minutes early. This coming Tuesday night. 
meet me at the gas station. We should just say hi and get a, get a soda together. And then our kids are disappearing because these groomers for six months have learned everything about our kids and they meet up with them. You heard about the kid in Leighton probably. Yeah. Who got groomed in a chat room of, a, of an app and social media. And they catch him in Nebraska with some perp who's been grooming this kid for months. Yeah. It's so, so the fact, yeah. And the fact that people just be like, oh, that's never my kid or whatever. And, and it's, it's kind of like what I say in, in sales, like when we're dealing with something legal, like no one ever sues you until they do. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, sure. Uh, but that's not why we do this. Right. We don't do this because it may not ever happen. Right. Um, and, and man, it's just crazy that, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've already kind of started. My kids are young enough, like my daughter, for example, you know, she's starting to get her whatever. And from the day that she went to school, like kindergarten, and I know this is crazy, man. Like some people, like my, when I talk to my parents about this or like uh, my aunts who are, who are older or whatever, I like, I I had a conversation with my kindergarten daughter and I was like, hey, I was like, you see what dad has? You're probably going to see some kids with that. You're never get, you're not getting one until you're 16. And, and I was like, and don't ask me, your friends are going to love, you know what I mean? I was like, it's not. And, and I had to have that conversation with my kindergarten daughter. Yeah, because she's already getting hit up. Yeah. She like she's left out. Yeah. These, these trillion, they're, they're trillion dollar tech companies. You don't get to a trillion dollars. Yeah. Chance. And so their, their plan is let's deliver these devices that are addictive. Let's put addictive substances on it like a drug. Yeah. Let's have kids on them more and more and more. Let's have them pay more for apps. Let, let's have, let's make more money on the time they spend on the devices with the ads that we serve up to them. That's the whole game. Yeah. The more your kids on it, the more they're addicted, the more they're addicted, the more they serve up ads, the more they serve up ads, the more they get paid, the more your kid begs you for the apps, the more you pay it down all that. It's just a, it's a crazy cycle. Yeah. It's this feedback loop from hell, man. Yeah. And, and then your kids can't get out of it and then they're begging you and you just say, fine, go away. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, and then we find out the challenges that our kids are in. And I've already said this a couple of times in our conversation, but I'm so shocked when a parent tells me, but my kid's a 4.0 student. I'm like, I don't care if your kid has a two, three, a three, three or a four. Yeah. Yeah. Addiction is addiction. They're all on these devices. And if they're on the devices, it's not if it's when. Right. Best kids in the world are getting in trouble for sexting, bullying, being in a group chat that says something totally yeah. about somebody. Well, and and now, and now, and even when I was growing up, but but now especially, like you're guilty by association. They don't, and and now, like police officers, like and and, and law enforcement, the, the, it's not a game anymore. Like it's not. Oh, kids are being kids. They're all being funny. Let's just stop. Like it might've like, I, cause I'm a little younger, I'm like 29. So when I was in school, like maybe some of that was there, but now it's not. Now it's like everybody who was in that group chat rounded up. Oh, am I good now? Froze for just a second, just repose what you said. Oh, okay. Well, I was just saying, you know, I'm, I'm 29. So back like in, when I was in school, like you might've gotten away with like, oh, I was in the group chat, but I didn't do anything. Yeah. Right. Not, not, not today. There's everybody in there, round them all up. Let's go. I, and just, make- I just had this conversation yeah. with a 15, almost 16 year old son. Yeah. Hey dad, there's this group chat and they're making fun of somebody. And it, it's pretty rude. Should I stay or should I go? I'm like, son, if, 
If you walked into a gas station with that same group of people and someone stole a candy bar or stole some cigarettes or something and walked out and the group was standing out in front of the gas station, the cops pull up. Every one of you is busted. Yeah. Every one of you. Association. Drugs are at the party and you're at the party. You're, you're guilty until proven innocent. If yeah. you're in a group chat on a, on a digital cell phone and people are bullying somebody, you're bullying that person whether you say something or not because you're associating with those people. Get yeah. out of that room now. Get out yeah, of the group. Yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> that way. They're like, well, dad, I'm not at the gas station still in the candy bar. I'm just sitting in my room on a group text. I'm like, man, it's nope. When, if that goes public and the girl that your group of friends are making fun of, that her parents get involved or she does something worst case scenario. Yes. Yeah, you cannot be a part of those things. Yeah. Not only for your character and your just your self-worth, but association today is, and you said it, it. Yeah. They don't mess around and they don't play. And, and they, and like it, and it's normally innocent until proven guilty. But if there's, if there's kids involved, minors involved, all of that, go, they don't care <laughs> for better or for worse. So like, however you feel about law enforcement, it, it doesn't matter at that point. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what, but I love these conversations because it's starting to get, you starting to open up more like, uh, you know, I, one of my good friends, Inger Erickson, uh, you know, with safe tech, um, yep. and, and all of these really awesome people are just shedding light and, you know, and it's just, and, and then, and then people are just like having those tough conversations and you know what, as a leader, you know what, let's maybe, this will be a good segue where we can, <laughs> where we can talk about both and then maybe transition to the leadership, but it's, you were talking about our kids being the best salesmen and how like, it's really uncomfortable for people like and, and parents to tell their their kids no now and I don't know where that came from like I grew up Polynesian no was the word yeah you just assumed it was no <laughs> we started at we started at hell no and then if I got my mom to maybe it was a win you know what I mean <laughs> well you you should probably still be at no but that's right that's right <laughs> that's right dude <laughs> heck yeah but like I'll be like as a, so as a you know as a leader coming to this, you know, from a leadership perspective, but also from like a, you know, advocate perspective, like, how do you teach that? How do you deal with that? Like all of those emotions, you know, that might be something parents struggle with. Um, yeah, it's, the challenge was each kid is different. So you go through, you have, you have one game plan with one kid. Our oldest didn't really want to be involved in a lot of those things because she was so involved in music and scholastics and other things. She just said, I don't have time for it. So I don't really want it. So then here I was as a dad on some social media and she wasn't. And there were times where I felt like I should probably follow my daughter. She's, she's a better example of how to manage her time and her interaction with social media than I am. Mm -hmm. Our second kid comes and it's a completely opposite game plan because he wants to approach it differently and has different questions and, and presses harder. And so now you got to sit down as a, as a couple or as a family and say, okay, well now what's our game plan. Then the challenge is with our tech is evolving too. So with our oldest TikTok and a few of those things, were just starting to come in now it's all there with more coming. And so you can't just say this is the way we do it because your kids are going to hit you up for more apps and more digital experiences. I'm constantly having to research what's out there and what's going on because the next thing's coming tomorrow. 
and it's worse than what we're already dealing with. It's not getting better. Mm-hmm. So do you think there do you think there is such a thing as I mean, yeah, under 13 is a no, but you know that I don't know, is there such thing could somebody come out with a social media app that that could potentially be moderated enough for children or for my like that 13 to 18 or whatever? I think somebody could. The challenge is because most people are for profit, the it's a little bit too businessy terms, but the the LTV or lifetime value of that customer, are you gonna start a business with a customer who comes in at 13 and leaves at 18? Mm. It's a small window. Yeah, that's a good and then so many of those kids already have phones and they already have social media. And so no one's really tackled it because it's much more profitable and lucrative to go build something that the masses want than a very small window of kids want. And even within that window, so many kids won't be on it because they're off on something else. Mm -hmm. Catering to a really small audience. Yeah. Which is what makes it a challenge. I know people have talked about doing it, a safer social media experience for kids, but it's hard to make money on it. I mean, you've almost got to take a nonprofit angle and go raise a bunch of money and say, we're going to do it just for the goodness of our kids. Because it's mm -hmm. a tough thing to make money on. Yeah. So, so maybe, yeah, no, no one will, no one will do it pretty well, but, but also, I mean, yeah, I'm just exploring that. Like I'm, I'm not ever married to anything that I say on this podcast usually. Yeah. Uh, but it's just funny because you just think about it. You like, uh, because one of my approaches to life is like thinking about like the worst case or like thinking about these ideas and saying like, all right, so if no one ever does that, we'll still be okay though. So then, so then my thought exercise goes to like, well, if, if that never comes up, my game plan doesn't really change anyway. You know what I mean? Like yeah. your your game plan as, as a parent still has to change. Um, or I mean, still has to be that essentially, right? Um, how was it for you? I mean, uh, we were talking a little bit about Consumer Summit and, uh, you know, shout out to Brandless, Sid and Tanya, right? Throwing a badass event. Um, how How is it for you? Uh, because Gab is mainly, fo I mean, you're, you're focused on on that demographic, right? And so how does Gab navigate that? And, and especially at the consumer summit, when we're talking about like, you know, consumer brands and things like that, but how, yeah, how does Gab navigate that world? Yeah. So quick connection story, Sid. Yeah. Uh, Sid and I share nieces and nephews. Oh, very cool. My baby brother married her baby sister. Oh, very cool. So anytime Sid throws an event, I know it's going to be good. Um, Consumer Summit starts last year and already feels like they're 10 years in. Uh, yeah. I mean, they just killed. It's a it's a world-class production. Yeah. Anytime Sid and, and Tanya and their team do anything, we want to be a part of it. For, for Gab at a specific event like that or just consumers in general, it's it's a perfect experience for us because everybody at an event like that is either a parent with kids or they're an aunt and uncle who are worried about their nieces and nephews, or in some way they're connected. And so as soon as you bring up, we're safe tech for kids, everybody immediately, you don't have to say anything else. Yeah. They just start telling you a story of their nephew that got crushed by social media or their own son or daughter that was addicted to their phone. And as you listen, it's just confirming over and over and over again that our mission matters and we've actually got to amplify it and go help more kids because it's, it's an epidemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
No, I love that. And, and just being able to reach out to those uh, people because every, you know, I do talk about that and, and it's just, it's so crazy how like um, you, I, I see both sides and I don't know why we haven't opened up that conversation more because it's like, I talk to people and parents and everybody's terrified, but then I go out here and I'm like, but not, uh, but like, what do we, do? <laughs> we're all terrified and we're just saying here, I'm scared, but here <laughs> it's group, it's group think mentality. Yeah. So all it takes is whether your kid has one other friend or 20 friends mm -hmm. when the majority moves a certain way, parents and kids follow. Yeah, that's so if, if your kid is on a certain basketball team and then three of the friends in the group move to another team, everyone wants to move the other team. The same way with tech, as soon as a parent, as soon as two or three kids in the circle get a smartphone with limited parental controls, what are they telling the rest of the kids in the group? And you're, you're so lame. Yeah. My parent will do well, it. Go tell your mom and my mom and dad did. So then the kids are like, mom, I was just with so-and-so you, you love my friends. You love these kids. <laughs> they have smartphones. How come I don't have one? Well, then eventually the parents are like, well, I don't want to look stupid in my neighborhood. Oh, well, yeah. I don't want to look bad in my community. So, okay. Yeah. It almost, it almost seems like we're, yeah, it's a group think. Yeah, you're totally right. But it all, it almost seems like we shouldn't be, I mean, and I guess that's what Gab does, but it almost seems like we shouldn't really be talking about the kids. We should be talking about the parents. That spot on. It's why we're, we're educating parents. Yeah. Because if more parents don't come together in groups and say enough's enough, the yeah. group thing's going to continue. And the group thing for the last 15 years on this has been, we, we're, we're not doing it right. Yeah. It's okay as parents to say, you know what? We didn't really know what the social media and iPhone thing was going to be. And so our la our first couple of kids, we made some mistakes. Yeah. I'm not just going to keep making that same mistake with my next two kids. Yeah. You know, own that I made a mistake. I didn't do a great job as a parent managing tech. I'm going to be better at it with the next couple of kids. Yeah. We or these patterns. Yeah. Or just stop it. Like, or just quit. <laughs> like, I remember a few times I, I was growing up and, and my mom, like, we had something and then it was like, oh, no, it was uh, Xbox. It's like video games. I remember we, we had one for like two weeks. And then my mom came in and threw the whole thing away. And she was like, I thought this was going to be cool. It's not cool anymore. I'm worried about you guys. Went in the trash. Yeah, done. <laughs> it was like, I mean, that was it. And it was like, all right, no more video games. <laughs> yeah. And it was like no, wide, no amount of whining. But it also just, you know, I learned from my parents and from my community and, and culture that like, uh, and it's, I guess it's a little different and maybe it's changing, but I don't know, but I grew up and it was cool to, <laughs> it was cool to be like, I threw, well, you know, whatever, like parents, they would talk to each other and be like, oh yeah, I didn't mind let my kids do this. <laughs> and it was always a contest and we were just sitting here like, what the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but well, the re the reason it's gotten kids don't, my kids don't call their friends on the phone. Mm -hmm. There's nights where I'll say, what are you doing tonight? Weekend night. What are you doing tonight? I'm hanging out with my friends. Mm -hmm. You're sitting on the couch. It's nine o'clock at night. Well, we're playing a game online. We're, we're sitting on our phones and texting memes. I'm like, no, 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 no. You are not hanging out with your friends on a Friday night with each of you being in your own homes, on your own couches, yeah. and share memes. That's not hanging out. Yeah. Like, call your friends, get together, get a 
get a pizza and <laughs> we're go play somewhere. We're go, go be yeah. a girl or skate or do something. But you're, I've literally had my kids say, well, I'm hanging out with my friends. And my mind is like, you're sitting here. You're like, no way, man. But then like, you know, they're like, just get your phone and let's just, we'll just chill on our phones at our homes and then we don't have to even go do it. It's so yeah. weird. Yeah, it's banana. It, that is bananas. And and to think like, yeah, that you can't you can't do something or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I but I, I also grew up in a small town, so we ran anyway. And and I mean, I grew up kind of like at the beginning of social media, so it really wasn't that big anyway. Like, but but we had it. Like by the by the time I was a senior, like we were in it. You know what I mean? And uh, it's just crazy that that. Twenty nine. Yeah, twenty nine. I'm old enough to be your father, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Hello. It's fun, you know? Let's see. Well, <laughs> no, don't let it be depressing. Let it be inspiring. I mean, it must be depressing to be your dad. But I'm just saying, my, I, I am, well, I'm almost 48 years old. What has my, yeah, my dad's 53. <laughs> you know, but it's, but hey, it's just, it's part of it, right? I think, uh, but man, yeah, it's wild. Um, how old how old were you when you did the when you did your first hip hop song? Great question. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, what, 30s? Were you <laughs> what what made you want to do the hip hop song? Hey, tell this story too, because we got that on the last one. Uh, but this was a good one. We did talk about it on the last one. <laughs> oh, it's tell me about but a quick story to lead to that story. Yeah. I grew up on YouTube, REM. You may not know some of these groups, but I know, I know a couple of them. Kind of the alternative, alternative listening. I was playing on a traveling basketball team and every Easter we'd play in Vegas at a tournament called Slam and Jam. We'd stay at Circus Circus. Oh, There had to be one parent for every two kids on the team. But by the time they signed all the rooms, this one year we were down there, it was me and a buddy and there wasn't a parent for a room. And we had an adjoining room to another group that wasn't on our team. So on the other side of the adjoined door, I hear thump, 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 what is that sound? I'm 14. So I tap on the door. They open it up. It's these kids from Washington, D.C. I'm like, what's up? What's up, fellas? Like, hey, what's going on? So what do you guys listen to? They said, you don't know no LL Cool J. <laughs> You don't know Tom Loke. You don't know NW. I was like, nope. I have no idea what that is. They're like, well, yeah. let's kick it open. So we kick open the adjoining doors. They have a ghetto blaster bigger than me. Yeah. We put it in the door. And for three days of this tournament, whenever we weren't at games, we were back in the hotel room. And they introduced me to rap and R&B. And by the time I left that tournament, I went back to Utah, went into my drawer, cleaned out all of my YouTube. <laughs> with, went to the the music store replaced it with everything I'd heard in Vegas. And I haven't listened to any, I listened to rap and R&B. That's it. Heck yeah. Who's your favorite? Uh, do you have a favorite rap rapper in it? Uh tribe called quest is okay. <laughs> okay. my favorite of all time. Okay. Jutsa with a tribe called quest is my yeah. favorite voice of all time. Hey, that's old school. <laughs> that's what I would call old school. That's old school to you. It's right old school to me. <laughs> but I love, I love Tribe. I love Stevie Wonder. I love Baby Face and Jodeci and Voice to Man. Dang, hey. dude, you're pulling them. You're pulling out. 
I mean, the only reason I know that is because I, I, I love that community, uh, the, the hip hop community. And, and I have a friend, like one of my best friends is the DJ for U92. And yeah. so the only reason I know that is because <laughs> I listen to it, but you're pulling out stuff that you, somebody's yeah. going to have to listen to this above. Yeah? <laughs> I grew up on all that. So when I, when I got to my first corporate gig, Callaway Golf, I was asked to manage one of the brands and I won't take us through all the details now, but the brand yeah. was trouble. We had to turn it around. And so I made a, I wrote a rap and, um, <laughs> video and I got in a superhero outfit and we sold a ton of golf balls. Dude. I have my own rap video. Yeah. You have your own rap video. I remember hearing about this and I was like, holy cow. Um, well, that's crazy. Yeah. That, and at a great way, I think to, cap it off because uh we've had yeah the, and i love this by the way i'll just plug this real quick um i love whenever i mess up on the first interview because the second interview is always way better and we get to like now we're just friends right like now we're just like better you know, that first one felt really good the first one felt great i but it's all i think it's always better i was like dude yeah. um but i'll send you that one your voice is your your everything on your end's perfect uh but yeah anyway uh but gab wireless Safe tech for kids. Where can they follow you though? You're taking the summer off, but but let them go follow you, boss. I'm on LinkedIn. Nate Randall. Last name is R A N D L E. I I try to help single parents, and I'm gonna go chase some sunsets and snow cones with my kids for a little while. But I'll be back this fall. But yeah. The heck yeah! All right, boss. Thank you so much.